This is Farfetch Threads, our people podcast, where you can hear the real stories about life as a farfetcher. Welcome to Farfetch Threads, our people podcast. I'm Ana Souza, VP of uh, Employee Lifecycle, and I'm so excited to talk to Sue Ann, uh, SVP of Service Excellence. Sue is someone who I admire, and um, her leadership style and attitude always inspire me. Uh, welcome, Sue. It's a pleasure to uh, share this moment with you and talking about this topic that both of us love. So I would like to start by um, asking you to tell us a little bit more about your role at Farfetch and why you have been such an advocate of well-being in the workplace. Yes, thanks, Anna, for having me, first of all. Hello to everybody. Um, I am Sue Ahn. I lead service excellence across the Farfetch group. Uh, that includes serving customers across um, the end consumer journey, the brands and multi-brand retailers experience, just making sure that we're able to deliver amazing, memorable experiences across the board for all of our different customer types. The, I became an advocate of well-being because I had a lot of personal reasons to. Uh, it was a very, very long personal journey that I had in trying to challenge myself and understanding what was going on with me. I think my first panic attack was within the first two years of my first full-time job. I then experienced quite a lot of sleep deprivation and insomnia um, in my late 20s, uh, especially due to extensive international travel. And then I only learned about burnout about five or six years ago. And then it's then culminating everything together during the pandemic to really understand what's important to me now when it comes to well-being. So it's about 20 years journey in the making of learning, challenging myself, and almost outsmarting my own mind and my own body to really understand how to bring the best well-being for me. And Anna, how did you get started on your well-being journey? Yeah, for me it's quite important and I think that I have this self-awareness since ever and when I feel that I'm close to the limit, I always take a break. So the way that I get energy is um, with nature. Contact with nature mm -hmm. for me is a recharger. So usually what I do in my holidays is always to travel for other country and be in contact with co other cultures. So switch off completely with my life, daily life. And when I come back, I can have a clear mind um, after this, this, this time. So for me, it's a non-negotiable to, um, to have these breaks along the, the, the year. And um, in a more daily basis, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of sports. Um, I'm not good at any specific one, but I'm, I'm good at running. Uh, I also have a horse. Uh, and animals are, oh yeah, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. I have a horse and uh, he changed my life. So every time that I'm more stressed, I'm going to, to, to stay with him and to ride the, the, the horse. And the connection is so strong mm -hmm. that after one hour, I'm, I'm other. Um, so nature, animals are the ones that give me this energy back. So you have this routine of daily and more long-term intentional resets is fantastic. Yeah. Um, science tells us that our well-being is connected with habits that we establish along the way. How do you see companies playing a role in it for, for our uh, employees, but also how can individuals take this ownership uh, as well? Oof. So I have a very, very personal point of view on this, which is 
You know, I experienced over the last 20 years my own journey, right? It was a lot of trials. It's a lot of lessons learned. It's of things that I thought worked for me. And I can say that over the course of the 20 years, things that worked for me earlier on don't work for me today. So I've had to learn and adapt accordingly. I used to do so much yoga and yoga just no longer interests me anymore. I then wanted to try to get into meditation. That didn't happen. I, you know, I'm journaling a lot more now and that's actually helping me empty out my brain and get it to quiet. So I think it is a very personal journey. Now, what I will say that a company could do is actually provide a toolkit because a huge part of my challenge was I didn't have one. I didn't have access to a toolkit. So I had to go and discover each one, one by one by myself, which took a long time. And I actually personally thought that I was the strange one. I was the weird one that was experiencing these anomalies or these, uh, these you know, feelings that probably nobody else is feeling. But I think with Farfetch and our open-mindedness and this kind of conversation that we're having in a transparent way allows for people to explore more. And I think the toolkit actually helps because it might not work for everyone. Not every single tool in the toolkit will work for everyone, but at least you can go and explore and discover which one works for you. And that might change over time. So my perspective is you go in with a very exploratory mind, be an adventurer, right? See which ones will actually work for you. There's many of those that never worked for me and I can tell you that, but then you'd spot one or two that really make a difference for you and that that can, that can actually influence exactly how you want to perform differently, how would you want to show up for your team differently, how you want to be available more for your customers differently. And I think that that is probably the secret to many people's successes if you're willing to adapt and try to grow and learn from all of those tools that you have access to. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Um, and one other thing that sometimes we forget is we need to invest. Exactly that when we are going for um, uh, for a workout and we can create this muscle and it takes time to create muscle. It's exactly the same for our well-being. So it doesn't change overnight, right? So we need to continue looking for what makes sense for us. Because sometimes we can have a colleague that say, oh, mindfulness is great and I'm doing well on, on this. But as you're saying, mindfulness is not for everyone. So we need to find our our path on this journey. You're just, you're just you know, reminding me of something which is, you think it's going to be progressive. You think that you are, are becoming an expert in it the more and more you learn. The reality is, is that there's so many ups and downs in this journey. I know for sure that I had really great moments of well-being and really poor moments of well-being. And I constantly yo-yo back and forth. And so it's extremely important to fine tune and continue to explore more, right? Because what you need today may be very different than what you needed last year and it may be very different in the future. So really applying a wider range of tools and thinking about what's most important for you today. And your challenges might be very different. My challenge before was sleep. I feel like maybe I've <laughs> become a little bit better at that. But nowadays I am having a hard time trying to have my brain be more clear. My brain has a tendency to be overactive and hyperactive and it wants me to think about everything at once, which doesn't allow me to focus. So I found journaling to be a really great antidote for that so that I can actually put a lot of the, the noise onto paper and then I'll actually just circle afterwards the things that are most important to me. So that's been helping. Let's see how long that lasts. Mm -hmm. It's always a great tip that you are uh, sharing to 
now uh, that is journaling uh, sometimes even before we go to to bed two hours before we go to bed we can write down everything that is in our mind can help us to sleep better as well uh, because we can um, just to close the windows in our in our brain that's great um, now focus more on what we are doing uh, at Farfetch, of course, that we are doing a journey uh, on this well-being. But I would like to ask you this. What are the elements of what we are doing um, um, on this well-being strategy that for you as a leader are more helpful? So again, from a personal standpoint, it's actually at Farfetch where a mentor had taught me what burnout is. I'd actually had no idea what it was. And about five, six years ago, when I was starting to see signs of burnout, for me personally, I actually just thought it was stress. I thought it was, um, you know, I wasn't doing a good job. I was overcompensating somewhere. But it's only after she advised me and was very open and sharing with me about what her own personal experiences had been, it dawned on me that that could be something that I'm going through. And it helped me really think about how to uh, combat that and what's the best way to get in front of that, anticipate and be able to prevent. So, you know, Farfetch has always been a huge part of my well-being journey because of the open-mindedness of the way that people want to share their own stories. And, you know, I think this moment with you, Anna, is another great example, but I want to make sure that we can pay that forward because sometimes people think that this is not an open conversation. When actually, in fact, at Farfetch, and I feel very privileged and blessed for that, is that it is an open dialogue and that everybody's quite keen on being able to share their experiences and share what's worked for them and what hasn't worked for them. That I think that that's the part that I enjoy the most, where it's really living and breathing and tangible and that it's not a taboo subject, at least within our organization. But, you know, strategically and more tactically, I think, one, we talk about it more often and we have programs that allow for us to do that, whether it's if you feel comfortable talking about it with your manager or your peers, but we also have programs where you can talk about it with external uh, parties that are very good at having those conversations. So I think just having those avenues to be able to have an open dialogue about it have been incredibly helpful. Besides that, what are the things that are truly different and you believe will have more long-term impact? I think that we're just starting on this journey, aren't we? I, you know, I think first we were trying to make sure that we have the right resources and educating our people on those resources and the toolkit that they have in front of them. But then the next step is actually either going deep dive into very special areas of interest, or it means that we think about future intentions and future trends that are impacting our industry and, and our people. So Anna, I'm gonna ping that question back to you, which is what are you seeing? I mean, you've been a leader of well-being for our organization. And you know, I'm sure with your clinical psychology and kind of the studies that you have, you have a very specific eye for what you think well-being is going to look like in the future. What do you think our differentiators could be? So we are in the early stages of this uh, journey. Uh, and one of the things for us that was really important at the beginning is to have data that could lead us to uh, implement initiatives. So the first thing that we did was having this partnership uh, with um, a university and the ProLab to um, assess uh, during, uh, during four phases, so a longitudinal study, uh, things like burnout, anxiety, depression, general well-being uh, and other, uh, other uh, metrics. And based on that uh, data, we were able to uh, design the first initiatives. So the first initiative implemented was uh, this platform 
uh, that is called Plum, um, and we have access, and people can have as access to uh, therapists in a free way. So uh, we don't charge people on this. So I think that is quite unique to provide this kind of service globally for all uh, farfetchers. Uh, another thing that was important, or we understood that was important, is how can we remove the stigma around mental health? Right. Uh, and based on that, we initiate conversations about mental health. So we brought experts on different areas to talk about um, about mental mental health. And ultimately, the other thing that was important is to equip our managers to have conversations about mental health and identify signs and symptoms not only in them but also in their people so they can have this dialogue open dialogue um, on on this this topic so for this first year mental health was quite strong for us we understood that we should uh, focus on uh, mental health but when we think about well-being it's not only mental health for sure exactly. so we are designing this comprehensive framework uh, that also has things like uh, physical well-being financial well-being occupational well-being um, but the first I mentioned that we decided to focus was uh, mental health. Yeah, and that was very clearly seen and I think, you know, in general, people were very amazed that we were providing those services and, and I, I do think that that's quite unique for us. Thanks, Sue, for this lovely conversation. Oh, it was a you. pleasure to have you, great uh, to see you here today. Thanks everyone for joining us and see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Make sure you never miss an episode of Farfetch Threads by subscribing to our Spotify and Farfetch People YouTube channel. If you're ready to do what's never been done, visit farfetchgroupcareers.com.